You're listening to the Muslims Down Under podcast. In this podcast, we reflect on topics related to Islam and Muslims, those that are often ignored or misinterpreted. Open your mind to understand what unites us and become mates with Muslims. Experience discrimination, contemporary and Welcome to the Muslims Down Under podcast. This is our very first episode. Thank you to all of our listeners who are joining us and embarking on this exciting journey with us today. We're really looking forward to seeing where uh, we can take this podcast and the conversations and discussions that we can have. By way of quick introduction, my name is Sana and I'm an associate editor with the Muslims Down Under platform and I will be your host for this podcast. On each episode, we're going to be very fortunate um, because we will be joined by a different co-host from a different part of Australia to have these really exciting discussions. Today, we're really lucky to be joined by Bushra Nasir, who is the managing editor of the Muslims Down Under platform. She'll be joining us from beautiful, sunny Queensland. Uh, So thank you, Bushra, for taking the time to be with us on our very first episode Peace be upon you, and I look forward to our discussion today. Thank you, Sana. Peace be upon you as well and to all our listeners. It's really an absolute privilege to be joining you from across the country today. And I'm actually really excited about this one because I feel like there is so much that can be discussed um, and there's so much that is out there for all of us to learn. I guess uh, my question is, though, what does the pursuit of happiness really mean? Well, everything we seem to do is about fulfilling our need to be happy or content with our lives. We've made the pursuit of happiness the goal of our lives, yet we don't seem to be getting any happier. And in this pursuit for happiness, we end up chasing worldly successes and accumulating materialistic possessions. You know, we buy what we don't need just because it makes us feel good. And in this process, we've become socially conditioned to think that the more we have, the happier we'll become. But the problem is that these materialistic goalposts or aspirations, they'll keep on changing throughout our lives. And when we're unable to live up to the standards of a materialistic life, we end up in a constant state of misery, anxiety and depression. Yeah, and I think if we really take the time to think about it, what we consider makes us happy are all materialistic things. So whether that be a bigger house or the latest technology or some expensive jewelry or clothing or even um, a position at work, we determine and we as a society have determined that these things are marks of success and because we're successful, well, then we should be happy. But what does this really result in? And, you know, what I found is that we are constantly determining our own self-value based upon the standards that society has set for us and, you know, it's not necessarily the right thing. Exactly. And, you know, life doesn't always work out the way that we want it to. For example, sometimes we don't get the grade we were expecting on an assignment, even though we studied really hard for it. Or sometimes we do get what we've been wanting, but something happens to, you know, take it away from us. For example, we might have bought the latest model of a new car we've saved up for and we think that, you know, life is finally good. And we go out for a drive, but unfortunately someone bumps into us at a traffic light and this shiny new car is now no longer brand new and we realize it doesn't have the same appeal it did a few days ago. And so we become unhappy and depressed. So when we're unable to achieve these materialistic things, we get frustrated and end up, you know, suffering mentally. And we begin to feel inferior to others around us who might already have these things. 
so we're constantly comparing ourselves to others and think that if we could just have this, whatever this may be for us, then we will be happy. But what we don't realize is that all of these wants, they can never really satisfy all our needs. Yeah, that's true. And I think, you know, everyone seems to be in this rat race to get ahead, uh, get ahead of each other because we're struggling, like you said, to have more money, to have, you know, the more money we have means we'll have more things. And the more things we have means, you know, there'll be more prestige that comes with that or more power or fame that we have. And I think you said it, um, said it well when you said, you know, we don't realize that it's, it's only once we get that thing that we really wanted and we lose it or something happens that we realize that, oh, you know, I'm still not happy. Like it didn't kind of mend that hole that you could say existed. Exactly. And, you know, if we do end up getting whatever we want in life, we end up developing feelings of superiority. We start considering ourselves as above others and start feeding our ego because we think that we stand out or consider ourselves better than others just because we have something that someone else might not have or is unable to afford. And on the other hand, when we see that when people strive towards these worldly things, if they don't end up getting them or achieving these types of goals in life, they start experiencing effects on their mental health because they think that they're in some way inferior to others and so they start suffering from unhappiness. And, you know, both these feelings, they go hand in hand. Either way, a pursuit for unrealistic happiness leads to developing these inferiority or superiority complexes within us, which, you know, leads to inner turmoil, heartache and depression. Yeah, and it's it's actually really unfortunate. It's quite sad when we think about our lives kind of from that lens. And even if we, we look to the issue of poor mental health around the world, the numbers are increasing globally. And even in Australia, millions of Australians experience anxiety and depression and to no one's surprise, I'm sure, these figures are increasing every year. We do recognize that there are people who experience these genuine genuine mental health problems, but as a society, when we're witnessing a trend towards materialism um, and this trend is only increasing, it does make one think whether there's a link. And I do think that it starts off with these innate feelings of inferiority or superiority, but when we don't tame these feelings or these complexes or this kind of inner turmoil, eventually there is the potential that it can lead to these more serious and genuine mental health problems. And, you know, we live in this society where we know that social media, albeit a powerful tool and it has its positives and its negatives, there are a lot of um, feelings of inadequacy that can develop when you're looking at somebody through just, you know, these squares on a screen. And I think there's a lot to say about the fact that although they might start out as, you know, just a feeling or just something you might consider as, oh, you know, I'm not good enough, eventually that kind of inner you know, if you're thinking about that all the time, um, it can develop into something more serious. And if we look at the research, studies have shown that materialistic aspirations and this pursuit for happiness that is dependent on possessions or wealth, it actually contributes to increasing mental health problems. So, you know, in a way, our madness for materialism and superiority would be more forgivable if there was any evidence that material goods actually did lead to happiness. But all of the research all evidence, it fails to show this. Yeah. And I guess from this, then the question arises, um, if we don't have these types of goals, how do we then, you know, have a sense of purpose or meaning in life? What are we working towards then? 
Well, I think it's important to note here that having goals is a natural part of life. It's the basic nature of human psyche. But having goals that are purely worldly or materialistic, that's what leads to unhappiness because it creates these inferiority or superiority complexes, um, you know, because we end up having a desire for recognition as we've discussed. And Alfred Adler, who is a well-known 20th century psychologist, he also explains in his work that humans have this natural tendency to strive towards self-created goals. And he explains that this teleology or having a purpose or direction in life, this striving for goals, it's innate in the concept of adaptation. And Islam also recognizes that such goals are natural and a part of life. However, it's important to note that it emphasizes that these sentiments, they need to be sensibly maintained in order to lead a peaceful, happy, gratifying life without the need to feel inferior or superior to others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that answers the questions really well because, you know, the drive to compare ourselves or compete against others it, it does naturally arise and it naturally arises when we are trying, when we're trying to achieve these worldly goals. I think the issue though is that when this desire starts to become like something where we um, idolize other things or it's even just to prove that we're better than the rest of society, um, when this starts to govern our lives and when it's, you know, inherent to everything we do, that's when it starts to become um, unhealthy and it results in this inner dissatisfaction and this unhappiness that kind of bleeds into everything that you do. And Adler also explains that these feelings of inferiority or the desire for superiority, they're natural stimulants for growth. They only become unhealthy when our goal is to live up to the expectations of society or to achieve recognition from society. Because, you know, when you think about it, when one is fixated on attaining recognition, other people will always remain in control of one's life. However, if we use these as stimulants, as, you know, a catalyst for self-improvement, they become a positive force for change because we can then self-reflect and take steps to improve our own shortcomings. Yeah, and this is actually what Islam describes really well as um, really well as well that you know we must adopt humility and practically work towards adopting characteristics within ourselves, you know, as individuals that enable growth and they enable progress. And you know, it ties very well into what um, Adler was saying. What Islam emphasizes beautifully is that a true sense of progress, though, can only be that which benefits not only you as an individual, you know, as a person, but also something which benefits the whole of humanity. This spirit of competitiveness can only truly bring about peace and happiness and this contentment when it's done for the greater good. You know, unfortunately, we live in a society where the spirit of competitiveness is only to one-up somebody. You know, you're trying to do better than someone, you're trying to get a better grade than somebody, you want to be first in something. The doing of good must be the ultimate goal in which we seek to excel one another. Basically, you know, that's what it is. And this is the true form of peace of mind and heart. And the Holy Quran acknowledges this in a very short, eloquent um, verse. And it acknowledges this inherent aspiration for greatness when it says that vie with one another in goodness. And this short verse has in it an essential lesson on how to tame the innate human desire for supremacy. It states that in order to lead a progressive and happy life, the quest for excelling with each other in righteous conduct is the ultimate way to attain success within this life. 
When each individual concentrates on becoming the best version of themselves, healthy competition arises, which results in progress of society. So there's no limit to the progress one can achieve. No one is bound by any limitations. And in this pursuit of individual progress, one also then enables societal progress towards peace. Wow, that is a very deeply liberating way of thinking as we are allowing us, allowing individuals to develop the courage to change and ignore any limitations that we are placing on ourselves. It's kind of breaking yourself free of those shackles and allowing that change without the need to indulge your own ego or to claim any sort of superiority over anybody else. You know, we did talk previously about having a self-ideal and so if we're wanting to achieve righteousness, I guess we can really only do this if we idealize something that is perfect in every sense. Islam states that the very purpose of our life is to excel in our levels of consciousness. This is described in the Holy Quran as worship, which means to adopt humility and to emulate the characteristics of the person we admire. Again, this is a natural human tendency. We value and admire those who have attained worldly successes and we want to have the same for ourselves or we conform to the ideals or standards set by society so we can feel like we fit in. But we realize that no human being is perfect. We each have our own unique characteristics. So what Islam teaches is that there can only be someone who is perfect in every sense that is really worthy of admiration and that being is God. And When we realize this, it frees us from restraints of societal expectations and, in a sense, a modern-day form of idolatry because we stop comparing ourselves with other people who are just like us. And the Holy Quran describes that those who understand this concept, they are those who exist in a true state of happiness. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like you said, it is a natural tendency for us to admire or want to be like those people that have achieved some sort of worldly success. Um, But it's about that balance. And, you know, obviously human beings have their downfalls, but a supreme being like God is perfect. So why wouldn't you want to, you know, emulate those characteristics? And by seeking to excel in, in our actions that enable goodness, I think we establish this consciousness and that appreciation by God alone. And that is actually what matters. It's fundamental aspects for the reformation of human society, because when we let go of trying to impress other mortal beings we forego our vanity and the urge to display um, or illustrate our worth because we aren't uh, determining our success or our self-worth based on how someone else perceives it. Um, We're actually just letting our judgment, our deeds and who we are as a person being judged for what they're worth. And I think there's something um, inherently beautiful in that as well. Yeah, and Adler, again, he describes this concept and I quote, there are two objectives for behavior, to be self-reliant and to live in harmony with society. This is also, in essence, exactly what Islam preaches. To worship only one God is to be self-reliant, to believe in ourselves and not be overcome by the pressures of society and ultimately, you know, to excel each other with doing good or to serve humanity, which then in turn 
leads to living in harmony with society. Yeah, and I think the uh, to sum it up, the lesson or you know what we can take from this is that when we let go of naive and egotistical pursuits and we do acknowledge that there is no other motive than the realization of our higher purpose, which is to serve humankind and, and to the creator of this humanity, well, then this alone is what can actually create harmony between us as, as his creation and between the creator and even just between ourselves out in the community. It's that we can achieve this pure form of happiness when we let go of our egos and this idea that we are better than uh, better than each other. Absolutely. And I guess we should wrap it up here. I hope this discussion has explained this topic for our listeners. Yeah. And you know, if you do have any questions from this episode, please do ask them because we are trying to pick topics that ignite conversation and discussion and do kind of prompt questions in your mind. Um, so if you would like to ask those questions, head over to our website, which is www.muslimsdownunder.com. Um, if you'd also prefer to connect with us on social media, we are active across various channels like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So definitely check us out over there as well. We can be found um, at Muslims Down Under. We really hope that you've enjoyed this episode. It's all that we have time for today. However, we do hope you join us on the next episode of the Muslims Down Under podcast. Peace be upon you all.